Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here. As you can tell, this uh, following episode is the live show of Pod Yourself a Gun that we did over at SF Sketchfest just a couple days ago. I'm very excited uh, to show it to you. Just uh, some fair warning. Uh, the audio is not great. It's pretty good. Um, we, you know, we pretty much got everyone on mic uh, except for the audience, uh, which is a bummer. But uh, you can you can kind of hear them through the, uh, you know, through the the stage mics. Uh, so just fair warning: the audio is not great, and also the live bada B story audio was, um, I would say, fifty percent dog shit because uh, the track really blew out the singing. Uh, so it did not sound very good. Uh, I did my best to kind of fix it. Uh, thank you to uh, our guest Anna Hosnier's friends who uh, ended up taping some of it with their phones. And I used that audio to kind of supplement the parts that sounded like shit. Um, so there's not going to be the best sounding thing. But I also did record a live uh, or a studio version of it just now. Just in case you were like, I want to hear the lyrics, which... I don't know. Some people like that. But uh, anyways, without further ado, please enjoy Pod Yourself a Gun live at SF Sketchfest talking about the many saints of Newark. All right. We were arguing and missed our cue, so it's going great we already. Thought, I thought the sound person was going to say, and now, welcome. <laughs> nah. All right, let's do this. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancy. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast that we are doing live here at SF Sketchfest, where me and Vince Mancini go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. All right, give yourselves a round of applause for coming out to this weird, weird show. Um, so first, I, I want to kind of get like a, a poll of the audience. Um, how many of the people in the audience have actually listened to this podcast? All right, that's a lot of They're answers. raising their hands. I think you need to do, have them do something like audible. Yeah, I would like a woo because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're... Everybody... Uh, all right, there we go. There we go. Like that. Yeah. And how many people here were like, uh, I don't know what to do tonight. Let's go, uh, let's go see a Sopranos podcast. Make some noise. <laughs> Welcome right. to hell. Weird choice. <laughs> weird, weird choice. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, this is a, uh, the world's only Sopranos podcast. Um, we've been doing this uh, for a few years. We actually are uh, officially done with the Sopranos. We went through... Mm -hmm. All of the episodes. You run out at a certain point. That's what you learn. Yeah, and now we're doing... Now we know. We're doing The Wire, uh, but we decided to come back and do Sketchfest, because we were supposed to do it last year, back when the show was still on, uh, and f do the one episode that we actually hadn't covered on the podcast feed. So today we're going to be talking about uh, 2021's uh, groundbreaking mafia film, the Many Saints of Newark. That's what we're going to be talking about today, as well as other Sopranos stuff. So give yourselves a round of applause for coming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm very happy that you came out, and I want to hear. I want to hear your voices. Uh, don't talk, but I want to hear mm -hmm. hear your your. He lovely... needs validation. Just I validate do. him every every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, thank you. Thanks for the thumbs up. Mm -hmm. I'm sweating. All right. Uh, 
five stars in her view, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, Who are our guests tonight? Oh, well, that's a good question. Oh, yeah. Let's introduce, uh, first and foremost, our wonderful producer of Pot Yourself a Gun. Ladies and gentlemen, start clapping right now for Brent Flyberg. Yeah. Brent and Brent. Hi. Thanks. Thanks. So good to be here. How you guys doing? You guys, you guys are giving Thank me too you. much eye contact, if I'm being honest. You guys are so close. Uh, it's weird to go from podcasting to a live show. This is, uh, I think, our this is our first ever Pot Yourself a Gun mm -hmm. live show. And so this is my first time in a room with uh, this many people. Have yeah, there's so many expectations on you right now, isn't there? Uh, well, uh, no, I, not really. I mean, I have clips. What else do you want from me? That's <laughs> it. I got a song at some point. Probably going to just bitch out in the middle of it because I'm too scared. Okay. Next, let's introduce our wonderful guest, you know her from the great podcast, Ethnically Ambiguous. She also produces the Daily Zeitgeist and a bunch of other great podcasts. So start clapping right now. Start clapping for Anna Hostian! Yeah! Here, you take this mic. There we go, because there's not, Thank a, you. not a lot of slack on that one. Thank you. How you doing, Anna? I am great. Let me get a little far from you. All oh, right, fair, fair enough. I have to get fully comfortable. Okay, I'm here. Uh, today we're going to be talking, of course, about the many scenes in Newark. Before we do that, I want to ask uh, you some questions about The Sopranos. Mm -hmm. um, number one, do you like uh, The Sopranos? Don't look uh, at your phone sorry. in the middle of the live <laughs> podcast. I beg Hold you. Hold on, she's getting a text. Sorry, I got a text from <laughs> one of my good friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed The Sopranos. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I watched it early. You watched it? Early, like in two, the year 2000, I was watching it on HBO because my dad had like a real aggro problem where I wasn't allowed to watch teen dramas because God forbid I learned anything from them. He, wait, then, he wouldn't let you watch teen dramas, but he, he let you I watch The watch Sopranos? Teen drama, so I had to watch like The Sopranos and like The Wire, and he was like really into me watching like MASH. What was the teen drama that you were trying to watch? I was trying to watch like One Tree Hill in the OC, and my mm. dad's like trash. You need to watch good TV. Yeah. Mm. I kind of, I feel like I feel a little like your dad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I see my You're stepson. Dressed like in, he, in what way? I see. I see my stepson watching a lot of those like Disney and Nickelodeon shows. Oh and yeah. Like you should be watching The Sopranos. And it's just like they're just like redolent of pedophilia. Like you can tell, like <laughs> all the styling. Like every kid's got like three pounds of Aquanet and seven layers of clothes. And yeah. you're like, there's no way a non-pedophile dressed you like that. <laughs> and, uh, I love you're watching these shows and you're like, they are way too hot. <laughs> These it is weird, like porn for little kids. It's it's weird. I don't like it. I get creeped out by it. But uh, do you like Peppa Pig? Peppa Pig. I like any sort of kids thing where the people have an accent. Oh, so you like Bluey? I do like Bluey. We got any Bluey fans in here? Yeah. Yeah. All one right. one Pop for Bluey. <laughs> I love one person like Potter's old Bluey. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, that's... Uh, My kid dances to the theme song. I don't know that he actually likes the show, but uh, well, he, likes to, he likes to groove. He groove, grooves to the theme song. Did you say there's a Broadway Bluey show? Broad yourself a blue way. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I do want to say, did you see it? That is my friend Danny from high school. <laughs> Danny, did you, did you see it? Did you see the Bluey Broadway show, Danny? All right. 
So you're stolen valor, Bluey fan. <laughs> I'm sorry, your best friend's child saw it. Yeah. Got it. So that's kind of like your best friend by <laughs> association. <laughs> Is Bluey Australian? I haven't yet yeah. watched the yeah, show. For those of you who don't know what Bluey is, it's a cartoon dog. He's a blue healer. He's there, all right. He's an Australian dog. Oh, he's like, oh yeah, all right. Oh, oh fucking oath, mate. Oh, I'm licking my own dick. Yeah. <laughs> is that what they? <laughs> is that what they talk? Is that how they talk? Give <laughs> me a lot of accents on this live show. Do they call it a Todger in Australia? I don't. No, I've never heard is that. that one. Do we have any Australians in the audience? Wait, I thought Todger was. Was Dick in British? Yeah, it yeah, is I think British, but I think there's, there's British. a lot of overlap in the you know the Taja. Commonwealth. Taja. Yeah. In the Commonwealth, <laughs> there's a lot of overlap. I kind of want to Google what they call dicks in Australia, but you know what? Goy proy. <laughs> this is not a podcast about dicks in Australia. No, this is a podcast about the Sopranos, and we of course cannot start the theme song without first playing <laughs> the theme song. <laughs> Nailed it. Did I fuck it up? Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right. Oh, hell yeah. Beautiful poster done by uh, Dave Tell over here. Give him a round of applause. Incredible work. Incredible work. Yeah, the, the, the show is not going to live up to the poster. I just want you guys to know that before we start out. Like, it's well, not gonna, uh, it's not going to do it justice. You can't, you can't know that. Uh, you guys know, that house is for sale in New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Check it out. It's on Zillow. How much is it going for? I don't know, like four million. Jesus Christ. <laughs> four, imagine paying $4 but million dollars to live in New Jersey. The inside has not been updated. The inside has you not been updated. You have $4 million dollars and you're like, I'm going to live in the fanciest neighborhood but, in Jersey. No, no, but the inside has not been updated. It looks exactly like from the 2000s when they lived in it. It, were, it it's looks like great. like green carpet. Anyway. Mm. I, I, listen, if I had $4 million. No, you wouldn't. You no, would I definitely wouldn't, no. I would... Uh, well, not buy that house. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about the many scenes of Newark, along with other Sopranos-related shit. Uh, Vince, can you break us off? The, this is the synopsis from IMDb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. would like you to read Oh, it. you didn't write this one? No, no. This one okay. is, actual, is actually real. Witness the making of Tony Soprano, the story that reveals the humanity behind Tony's struggles and the influence his family, especially his uncle, Dickie Moltisanti, had over him becoming the most iconic mob boss of all time. Yeah. That's um, definitely what the movie is. That is yeah. what the movie is, 100%. Uh, have people in this uh, crowd, have, has anyone seen this movie? Okay. Polite thumbs up. I love it. Uh, is that what the movie's about? Did you guys, when you watched it, was that? Um, I, that's a great question, and I think we're going to get into that. Mm. But first, 
Let's see what was happening at the time that this episode came out, <laughs> ladies and That's gentlemen. That's right, Matt. I think uh, what you're trying to say is we cannot evaluate any art divorced from its cultural context. That's right. So we got to put that cultural context back in with the little segment we like to call the Remember When Machine. That night we fell in love, the stars above. That was a lovely summer night. Remember then, 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 then. Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. It's video versions of yeah. the fucking clips, you guys. The amount of work that I did for this live show. I think it adds a whole new wrinkle being able to see Frankie Valley. I know, right? In, yeah. He's in the. Anyways, You're just like, what? oh, there's just like a bunch of normal looking Italian guys doing the voices. <laughs> not, I mean, not normal. Not normal looking. Well, for Italian guys. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The median weird looking Italian guy. Yeah. Um, so like Vince. Vince is Italian. We're going to do a lot of Italian slurs tonight. Yeah, it's okay. I give him a, what do you call that, like a spaghetti pass? This is a spaghetti pass. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going all the way back to October 1st, 2021. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my phone out of my pocket. Yeah, he's had one glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody can remember October 1st, 2021. Right? It was like, like right... We, we were there. It was just like not that long ago. It was like right there. Yeah. Um, but I do have a quote from uh, David Chase talking about, you know, like why did he make this movie? What was his, what was his whole deal? It's a great question. Uh-huh. David Chase says to Rolling Stone, I was always interested in who was this guy, Chase says of Dickie. I had interest in him as a character and Christopher's father, the whole story, that Christopher had a father. When Larry and I sat down and started to write, we said that we wanted to have it be about a dynamic character. We had to get another Tony. And out of the history of the show came Dickie, a mean, tough guy. Oh, man. It's weird. Sometimes, like, you write a character and you're like, wow, what if this guy had a father? <laughs> like, what if he didn't just spring up from the ground? I like that he was just excited by the idea of, like, this guy has a dad? <laughs> I thought I was character's father. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now there's a whole world of possibility. He has own dad? But yeah, it is, a, it is a great description of something he didn't write at all, which is uh, what we're going to be talking about um, today, because uh, The Many Saints of Newark, I think, um, for Sopranos fans, was uh, much awaited. I think we all were. Were you excited about it, it when... No, I didn't watch it until you guys asked yeah. me to do this podcast. Wow! <laughs> really? Well, I heard it was long, and I was like, I can't. Long? Long was your problem. Well, okay. Not well, even bad. You're like, I can do bad if it's 45 minutes, but something long. something up with David Chase. Yeah? Every article I, every There's interview a lot of I read, I just, Chase. sometimes I'm like, look, Sopranos was great. Maybe, like, leave it to be that beautiful capsule. And then he didn't, and now there's this movie. Yeah. So you didn't, you weren't even excited about it. No, I mean, I was excited, and then, like, everyone around me had so many, like, opinions about it that I just, it, it fell off my radar for it a while. It poisoned it for you. It did, it poisoned it for me. The, were you excited about it, Vince? Sure, but we do a podcast about The Sopranos. That's a so, very good point. Yeah. It was money It's kind of hard to separate my, like, oh, I'm excited for this movie from, this is going to be a great tie-in for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, I read that David Chase had always wanted to make a movie. Like, he wanted The Sopranos mm. to be a movie, and everyone was like, shut up. And so he, like, ended up making The Sopranos a TV show, and then finally, they let him make a movie. Yeah, yeah it's like every, uh, every TV show now, they all want to say, like, oh, this isn't a TV show. This is uh, 10 one-hour movies that I've, that I've made. Like, yeah. they all want it to... 
be a movie and um, there's a much lower bar for TV and like mm. you should just like accept that. Like that's that's a good thing because if you if people are watching it like it's a movie, they're gonna be expecting a lot more than they do. Yeah. TV show, which I think is a big problem uh, but, I mean, he, with like, this movie. He was like, oh, fine, I'll do a TV show and then like change the landscape of television forever. Right. And he always felt, I think, um, like angry and resentful about the fact like, that he was successful. Yeah, I, I kind of think he is like, David Chase is like the McNulty of uh, like prestige TV because I don't think he set out to like re-revolutionized television. Uh -huh. I think he was just trying to say fuck you to his boss a lot. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, and his boss became the fans. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah. after and a so while. Now he's saying fuck you to the fans. Right, yeah, yeah, because, like, first it was the people at HBO, and, you know, like, fuck the bosses, whatever. Yeah. Oh, but you want a show about the mafia? Well, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you a show about the mafia, and then it's just Tony crying to his therapist. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. But then... When the fans became like enamored with it and loved it, they were like, you know, they were like, oh yeah, I really like uh, how intellectual and deep it is. Then he made this movie, and it's just like, here's a bunch of catchphrases from the show, you fucking hogs, choke on it. Like one guy's gonna have an evil twin. Yeah, right for no reason. For no reason. Yeah. We had to figure out how to get more Ray Liotta in there, so we gave oh, him man. a twin. R.I.P. R.I.P. to a it's real one. It's funny, you watch this movie, and uh, you know, Ray Liotta plays two characters, and you don't know he's playing two characters at first. So at first he just shows up as this guy, and you're like, <laughs> is he dying? Is he supposed to be dying? He or looks is Ray Liotta unhealthy. just dying? Yes. And then Ray Liotta actually died. Yeah. But I think he was supposed to be playing a character who was... A, I think he was supposed to be dying in the show. I don't think so. Which I think one? that is Hollywood or the one in prison. No, Hollywood. Both? I think Hollywood is supposed to be like kind of on death. Yeah, door. he looks decrepit. Yeah. I mean, I I think he was literally dying. Um, side note: um, Do you guys know the cause of death that's listed for Ray Liotta? He got it, the jab. That's right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't watch know out for yeah. Pfizer. Um, no, he, uh, it's listed Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. No. That is real. Wait, what? I looked it up because I was like, how did he die again? SADS? He had SADS. He wow. died of SADS. I didn't know, how is that? Death is a syndrome, like, uh, you have to, a syndrome of what? Oh, just living life to the fullest, bro. How did Wait, he die? So did he overdose then? It doesn't say. It says like, SADS. I like to imagine there was a doctor there who pushed his glasses up his nose right before he wrote that. He's like, yeah, I know the cause of death. It's uh, sudden adult death syndrome. It's SADS. And everybody's like, well, he's the doctor. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't that mean someone killed him? Because isn't that what SIDS is? Is somebody kills their baby and then they don't want to admit it? <laughs> what? Yeah, like, let's smother a baby. No, no, let's not. Like, that's Ugh. not even correct. That that I think is, it is. what. I think SIDS that's what happens. Is. They roll. They're taking a nap. They roll over on the baby and they're like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, what did they call it when Christopher sat on exactly because that, that like it was SIDS, sudden <laughs> sudden infant dog syndrome. The dog was cold. Yeah. He crawled in there for heat. Yeah, he must have crawled in there for warmth. Um, yeah, so, so uh, let's kind of just get some general thoughts uh, on on this movie um, in terms of the like main characters, because there are mm. more than one, which is a problem. Yeah. I think for most movies. No, well, you you always talk about hating this movie. I, I, it's I, not that I hate it; it's that I I don't understand why. I think because it's a movie. 
you expect more. Like if I look at it as a TV show, yeah. I'm like, I watched two hours. I wasn't bored. That's not bad. I'd probably watch another mm. hour if they put another hour out. Did you not see it in theaters? I did see it. I did see it. I saw it in theaters yeah, I did see it with in a day. bunch of other confused what? people. It was great. It was like, uh, the, and no one, no one. There was no uniformity to Sopranos fans. There are Sopranos fans who are like, I'm a professor, and then there's <laughs> Sopranos fans who are like, Yeah, I like when the guns go boom bang, bang boom boom bang, and those are my favorite Sopranos fans because they're the ones with the true. Like they understand They're the, the real show. Fans. Yeah, like like big dummy fans are my favorite. But that it was so everyone in the theater laughed at different moments. Mm -hmm. uh, people didn't know how to feel, but everyone you held on to. No, this is go this is gonna make sense if you just wait a little bit longer. Then all these storylines will coalesce into. But see, that's the thing. Like TV, it doesn't have to like make sense at the end i mean it has to make sense but it doesn't have to be like a statement it could just be like okay well next week they're gonna finish all the thoughts that they left out there so we kind of just like left a bunch of thoughts out there yeah and then you get to the end and it's to me this is three movies in one right and uh you got your you got your your show it's basically like a pilot episode for the next Sopranos series, but it's about Dickie Moltisanti, right? Which I think that's the I think that's the show that David Chase basically wanted to make, right? But he he ended but it. But then, but then if you look at the by marketing, murdering him at the end, <laughs> right? Yeah, that kind of fucks well, you, the whole if thing. If you look at the marketing, it's like who made Tony Soprano? Right, right. The marketing was like, like, hey, remember Tony Soprano? Yeah. What if he was little? <laughs> yeah. So then there's like this half-assed attempt. I don't know if you ever heard the Pat Oswalt bit about uh, where George. Lucas is describing the prequels where he's like, <laughs> no. hey, you like Darth Vader? You like the helmet and the sword? Well, in this movie, you get to see him as a little kid. <laughs> and that's uh, that's basically this is like yeah. that for Tony Soprano. Like, yeah. yeah. He's, he's going to hijack a tasty freeze. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like this weird half-assed attempt to do like a origin story yeah. for Tony. But then there's also like some shit that he got sidetracked by, I think, when he was just researching the episode. Yeah, He's this like, is the third This is when line. they invented the black mafia. Yeah. And so there's that in there too. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which is I think for me the weirdest choice in this movie is uh the focus I would say it's the most unfortunate choice. It's a, it's an unfortunate choice uh for a multitude of reasons. It's the character of Harold McBrayer who is uh, a black guy who works for the Newark mafia as like kind of a he he's a button guy. He's a, he collects dudes. I don't know what they do. You know, the they, they, they yeah, he does the well. I think we have a clip where they explain the numbers racket at some point. We don't just, have that uh, clip. I took a lot of clips, yeah. but that's not one of I mean, the that things. Was the first one I told he you does the kid, but, he uh, does the numbers. Uh, it's like the lottery before the lottery was legal. It doesn't matter. He has a wife, so she's doing the version. You know how in every biopic Mm -hmm. There's the the disapproving mom where she's like, "Ain't no rap music gonna right. put no, no food, food on, on no table." table. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. doing that, but it's like that. <laughs> but she's explaining that. the numbers racket. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean this. That's true. The numbers does come into this, but for me, it's like his job is like he's a guy who beats up people for the mafia. Sure. Well, yeah. He. That's what his job is. But then it. But then becomes, it's sidetracked. He he's like. They, they portray him as a guy who uh, is like, I don't know, 30? What, how old do you think he is in this? He's somehow, 27. It's like he's made it to the yeah. age of 27 without experiencing racism before. Yeah. Despite living in New Jersey and being friends with Dickie Moltisanti. Well, so this is... <laughs> and, and so it's like you're watching him uh, be like, hey, 
black people are not, they're not very nice to us in this country. Italian people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this That's is. That's crazy. I did not get that at all. Oh, really? So what did you think <laughs> of I, his life to like be asked? actually was like, this is what we have to do to survive. Right. We have to work with these criminals so we have some level of protection, mm -hmm. but we will never have the respect that like we as human beings deserve. But it feels like he's realizing that because his wife has to be like, oh, you think, uh, like, they're reading Time Magazine in the bed, and he's like, he has a funny line where he's like, oh, I was at the... I was at the military recruitment office today where he went to kill a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good wrinkle. But yeah. he's like, now I can't I can't join the army and get a medal of honor. Yeah, he wanted to get a medal of honor. And but I think that was the turning point for him because he's like, now I'm just like killing young black men. Mm. Now I'm just right. like another part of the problem. Like these things are changing and I'm like I am now literally an enforcer towards my own people. And I think that's when the turn... Right, that's when he yeah. decides, yeah. especially after the Newark riots, yeah. that he wants to go out on his own and make his own yeah. mafia. But uh, Wait, here, Can I just say, can you yeah. imagine going from Hamilton to this? Sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real bummer for Leslie yeah. Odom Jr. Um, but uh, for me, uh, just to get more broad, the issue, one of the reasons I think it's unfortunate is because uh, The Sopranos, not known for writing strong black characters and uh i don't I, think for writing any black characters oh no they have them uh and i have uh just some oh good yeah that, just this Matt is loves montages i love so. montages it's in here somewhere black characters on sideways shit dead now motherfucker And isn't he a handsome teen? Make a nurse. No guns, okay? Sir? It's a cheer. That's a scary nurse. That's a hot nurse. He's obviously yeah, feeling the pressure. He's just gonna fucking lie. That's an offended nurse. I'm not in the custom of lying about anything. I do so love a good firearm in my hand. Yeah, that's, um, uh, <laughs> Application of Columbia. You didn't check Jewish, did you? No. Uh, What'd you check? African American. We're talking 300 years and of slavery Montel. here. So that is all of the black characters on The Sopranos, <laughs> essentially. Um, it is not uh, not well known for, I think, writing the characters. And no, and this movie is very interesting because. Uh, I don't know if you remember the the Simpsons episode where where uh, Homer is pitching Poochie the dog, uh -huh. and, and he's like, uh, when Poochie's not on screen, all the other characters have to be asking, "Where's Poochie?" Um, <laughs> that's sort of like when the black characters are on screen, they have to be talking about the Italians somehow. Yes. And uh, basically, like every time Harold's there, it's like they're explaining the numbers racket, and the mom's like, "Why do you think the Italians got them long cars?" <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah. then. He fucks the he fucks Dickie's uh, stepmom slash girlfriend. Yes, and uh, and he's asking about Dickie right after they <laughs> fucked, which is pretty weird. Yeah, but, uh, the way you put this that I thought was great was uh, it does not pass the um, Dago Wa Bechdel test. <laughs> um, 
So uh, that means if there are uh, two black people on screen, they will be talking about Italians. Um, yeah, well, also and like, they're usually just talking to Italians in the whole movie. He, they also use this, and they don't have names. They're just talking about Italians. He also, they also use this slur "shine," which I've never heard the slur "shine" for before for black people. But I think what they mean is like that they they're like a mirror that reflects the Italians. Like right. The Italians. Yeah. <laughs> only see the black people insofar as they can be like, oh yeah, well we did that. Yeah. It's like, you know how Irish people do that thing where like, you know, Irish people were, were stupid. Well, yeah, right. yeah. Italians do the thing where they're like, oh, you see the black gangsters? They got that from us. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We invented noodles we invented, we and invented gangster crime. rap yeah. through doo-wop music. That's right. um, but I have, a, I have a just all of the times where uh, Harold just talks Harold collects everybody's Italian. bets and gives it to the man. How you think the Italians drive those long, fancy cars and wear those diamond swatches on their wrists? Well, me and Harold played East Orange Thanksgiving game. We used to beat him every fucking year. Should have seen this man run. Are you sure you don't got no black blood? Goddamn. Gentleman, Vicky Maltesan. Get him, motherfucker. The Italians got soldiers over there. It's all about Italian men, huh? His stories about Dean Martin, Rosano Brazzi are their great lovers. Really, really into. Do you think there's any black dude is in bed with a girl that he just had sex with and is like, I'm thinking about Italian lovers right now. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about? The stories about Dean Martin. I don't think there's ever been a non-Italian who has brought up Italians in bed. I don't think there's bed. been a non-Italian who's heard a story about Dean Martin being a good lover. Yeah, yeah. Or that remembered it. Yeah, like. no. It's uh, it's very. It, that's a very strange scene in this movie because right before that, um, the woman that he's having sex with is um, she's from Italy and she is right now Dickie's Gumar, and uh, she goes, I I thought it would be different. I thought it would be different. What? Make love with a black man. Is it? No. This is definitely David Chase being like, Italians have big dicks <laughs> yeah. too. Exactly. Yeah. And are good, passionate lovers. Like, there's no way he's not doing this to just bolster the Italian sexual yeah, image. Yeah, no, he saw, he, saw the, he saw himself in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it is, uh, it, to me, that like is the strangest storyline because it also ends up being a, um, uh, a red herring because the whole movie, uh, after a while, they go to war. Uh, Harold's gang and the mafia. And you're waiting for Harold to murder, um, to murder Dickie, and it ends up being Junior Soprano who murders him at the end. And great twist, right? Yeah. Like, Has anyone not seen the movie? Clap if you have not seen the movie. Sorry, we just ruined it. Okay. Well, if you haven't seen the movie, alert. spoiler alert, uh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, that's the thing about this movie is, is I feel like you're, if you haven't seen it, it still uh, doesn't, that won't surprise, it didn't surprise me when I watched it. All, the only thing that surprised me is like, well, why did you add this extra character for no reason other than David Chase's uh, like being like, oh, I got a kind of sidetrack in the middle yeah, of writing. So he wanted it. to tell you about the interesting facts he learned on Wikipedia. I yeah. think he listened to the podcast and was like, they're talking shit about how I write black characters. Watch me write a whole movie about one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair enough. I mean, we talk a lot of shit, and David Chase has heard this podcast. Uh, At least once. 
Probably mm -hmm. never again, and uh, that's good. He, he, I think he was, uh, apparently, Alan Sepinwall, who came on our podcast, said he did email about it, but he will not tell us what he said. <laughs> and I think he listened to the episode where we found out that Hunter was his daughter. You don't want to hear anything he has to say. And uh, I think we described Hunter as looking too Italian. <laughs> Which I could see that, you know, that kind of made him so mad. But let's get into... Uh, I don't want to know. All the people that we talk about on the podcast, I don't really want to know what they... What no, they you don't want to know what David Chase no. thinks about anything. He doesn't even know what he thinks about his own TV show. Yeah. No, I heard him one time say uh, in an interview uh, after The Sopranos uh, ended, when everyone was mad about the ending... Um, he said something along the lines of like, I can't believe people were so mad about it. I was like, don't you know there's a war in Iraq right now? That's the thing. He's and I was like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you are the biggest asshole in the world. He's like the most uninteresting creator of a television show. Yeah. He just has nothing to add. You're like, oh, God, why did I read this interview? I mean, that's the way it should be, though, right? The show should be more interesting than what the guy who made it has to say about it. Yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. Put the good stuff in the show. I don't care. Yeah, you should put so much good stuff in that to interview you is to interview just this like blank canvas who's just like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it should have been the anonymous creative. I have no more thoughts now. It's put him on how he is. He's kind of like, eh, put it in the show. I'm tired. <laughs> Leave me alone. God. Yeah. yeah. All my brain power used. <laughs> now I just want spaghettis. <laughs> you think he eats spaghettis? Calls I, hope so. I hope so. I love spaghetti meatball. Like after he writes like all of the Sopranos, he's just like put a chi on the spaghetti. <laughs> he probably is like that. Um, <laughs> let's talk about more things that we liked or disliked about this movie. Brent, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. I, is there anyone who's who's uh, sitting out there being like secretly being like I kind of liked the movie. Make some noise if you like the movie. Okay, it's just you and me. I think it's kind of good. There. I think it's, yes, it's content. I'd rather watch this than Glass Onion. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, you're, like, I'm not going to try to defend the movie. You're right about everything you're saying, but I had a great time. I was worried about rewatching it. I had a great time watching it I'll, again. I'll tell you one thing that's like objectively great about this. Okay. So it opens in a graveyard, right? That all the, sure does. All these people that are dead are apparently like just telling the stories of their life. Yeah, they're telling better movies. <laughs> <laughs> it opens in a graveyard with souls who are just yeah. like talking about things that I kind of want to hear about. Lost souls like in purgatory, I guess. And then we get to Chris Moltisanti. Christopher Moltisanti. Mm -hmm. And he is like the lead ghost. And he's like, <laughs> I was out ghost. on route, whatever. That's where I met my end. Yeah. And so you think like he's he's gained some wisdom from like being uh, in the hereafter. No. But then as the movie goes on, you realize like he's just as stupid as a ghost as he was in real life. Yeah. And I like I love the idea of this like stupid ghost. Like the, <laughs> like there's the ghost of Christmas future who's supposed to like warn you about stuff, but he's really fucking dumb. <laughs> he can't he's still confusing Buzz Aldrin for or no, Neil Armstrong for Neil, Neil Young. Young. Yeah. yeah. Doing malapropisms as a ghost. <laughs> is the saddest form of existence because you don't gain wisdom when you die. No. You're just a stupid guy who just lives his life like this. Well, that's yeah. literally, he's like, that's the guy who killed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't have anything to add, just being like, yeah, that's what, he, that guy, 
that guy's gonna choke me later, but that comes later. He says yeah. that comes later, like yeah. seven times. So uh, uh, when they open in with that scene, um, you hear Chris Moltisante saying um, that he's basically arguing with Satan or like Satan's bouncer. He's like, when I got here, you know, I, I told him it wasn't my fault. I was doing, I was in the criminal lifestyle. Yeah, but I was an altar boy and my last name has a religious meaning. I told them when I got here, okay, I explored the criminal lifestyle, but I was an altar boy for Christ's sake. Moltisanti is a religious name, and still I'm fucked. So he thinks it's low-key unfair for him to go to hell because his, his name is Moltisanti, yeah. which I love the Many idea. Saints. Yeah, and I love the idea that he's, uh, he's like, look, there's a St. Peter of hell, which is the first time I ever heard that. Uh, like, there's a guy in hell who's telling you basically why you deserve to stay in hell. That's what he said that? I mean, that's what I assume. Uh, Who is he talking to? I don't know. That, I did zone out during his monologue. I was like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. It seemed like they added it on at the end. Yeah, they, it's like David Chase was like, wait a second. There is no plot. And then was like, Christopher yeah, let's, is dead. Let's tie it together with Christopher. Um, but yeah, they, they also, uh, in this movie, the way they sold it, and I think one of the plus sides of it, to you know, say that you're not wrong, is uh, you've got Michael Gandolfini in it playing his father's role, he plays young Tony Soprano. And he actually, like, he's kind of good. I don't know uh, if anyone... He's great. Yeah, like, he... And he looks like him? Yeah, that's most of it. Like, a lot like him? Yeah, it's like he looks a lot like him. I was into it. And that's kind of all it takes for me. It's about the magic of DNA, really. Yeah. Yeah, but also, like... No, yeah, it's mostly his DNA made him perfect for that role. Mm -hmm. But I think he does a good job of playing kind of like a little... Oh, uh, hamburgers. Yeah. yeah. Like, if this movie had just been about young Tony Soprano and titties and meat, I think I would have really enjoyed it. Um, and actually, I, I have my own cut of this movie that I would, I would uh, like to play. It's called Young Tony, the movie. What about you and your friend Smooth's uh, on McDonald's? No, I get the wall. The burgers? Yeah. Do you know what you want? <laughs> no, really, I'm sorry. Here's my big boy. Oh, cool, man. A hamburger. That would be a great movie. I think that's the movie I wanted to see and wasn't ended didn't end up being the I feel movie like you saw. can tell that the uh, origin story origin story for Tony was kind of like an afterthought. Because <laughs> Like we go from uh, young Tony and his friends hijacking this Mr. Softy truck. Yeah. They show him like when he's like a little fat kid who's bad at acting, who's doing like a numbers racket in his elementary school. Mm -hmm. Then there's like a time shift, uh, and then he's hijacking the Mr. Tasty Freeze yeah. truck. Uh, and then they create this turning point where uh, where Dicky Moltisanti is trying to give him stolen speakers. Yeah. And he's feeling conflicted about taking stolen speakers. Right. It's like, you just committed assault. Yeah. Kidnapping. False imprisonment. Grand theft auto. Like, mm -hmm. you committed, like, at least 15 years worth of felonies. Yeah, uh, yeah, But yeah. you're like, ah, stolen no, speakers. No, I want to go to college know. someday. Yeah, yeah, it is one of the strangest parts where he basically is just like, well, 
Hot speakers well, is too far movie, for me. He's literally given like different. Like one day they're like, "You gotta help the family." Another day they're like, "Oh, come on, man, go play football and go to college." And another day they're like, "Oh, don't you like?" He gets so much conflicting messaging from everyone right. around him. He has like no idea what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's obviously I think a confused kid, but also I, I feel. I would argue like this movie does not explain why Tony Soprano is Tony Soprano. No, yeah, that's at all. that's kind of the amazing of the thing about promise. it. That's why, because of the pinky promise. He does do a pinky promise. Just two in it. pinky promises. The pinky promise is one of the dumbest fucking things in this movie. Okay, so he let me explain the pinky promise. There's a scene when there you have young Tony, not Michael Gandolfini. We're talking little bitty baby Tony, mm -hmm. and little bitty baby Tony is talking to Dickie Moltisante, who is basically saying like, hey, well, what are you doing? You're doing a numbers racket? Oh! And he's like, you got, you got a promise to try to, to do better. And uh, he goes, pinky swear. And then they, they pinky swear on it. It's not just the gamut, it's everything. The, the cherry bombs at the YMCA, letting the air out of Mrs. Russo's tires. I apologize you talk big you. about wanting to be on a football team in high school and you're smoking already? Oh! You gotta have a better attitude. I try to be good. I don't think so. Try harder, pinky swear. And it's like, oh, that's cute. And then, well, you know, one thing leads to another, Dickie's dead, there's a funeral, and Tony, at the very end, does a pinky swear with, a, with his ghost. Which is funny because you what feel like. What the fuck that, does that mean? Well, you feel like also. What does that mean? Is he promising to do better then? Because he doesn't do better. If a movie ended there and then there was no show, he'd be like, okay, and now he's going to be a good little boy. And also, he's that play guy's. How, how deep in rigor mortis is that corpse at that point? Like, the corpse is just going to be like this for the rest of the week. Like, yeah, I mean. There's going to be a guy like that's just trying to crank his arm back down. <laughs> just. You wait, hold on. And he's like, are you. What, look you what think he, he actually you took see the, the body? Hand go up. By it without him, like you see it, be like, oh. <laughs> okay, just so you guys know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen it, where is it? Ending, ending, ending. There's one in here that said the ending. Let's do it. This is how the movie ends. And yes, it does end with the fucking Sopranos theme song. One of the most embarrassing choices in the world. He's fully imagined. That's the guy. My Uncle Tony, the guy I went to hell for. That's how just, that movie ends. Just bringing it full circle. But why the fuck? Because the pinky swear was the premise of the pinky swear was he was going to do good and be a good boy. So why would he pinky swear Dickie Moltisanti in that moment other than to say, I will be a good boy? He's trying it, to avenge him, right? He's yeah. going to be a good boss. Because I thought it was like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna pinky promise you'll like be good for the family, and then at the end of it, he's like, well, to be good for the family, I gotta avenge your death. Yeah. No, it was not good for the family. It was like, don't do crimes. He was promising not to do crimes, and what do you mean, no? Yes, he was saying, I swear. Uh, but that no, was, was so early on. No. The original pinky swear is like early on, and by this point, he's like, I have to avenge my dear uncle Dicky. Yeah, but that original pinky swear wasn't like you're gonna be a good person. It's like you're gonna put up a you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna put up appearances until you graduate from high school, and then you can. I yeah, I guess so. I don't know. All then I you can do mafia stuff. All I know is that the relationship. Where she get the education? Yeah. Uh -huh. Then you get the mafia. Yeah. Then you get the power. Then you then get, you the, get the, women. the women. And then 
then you go to therapy. That's right. Then you go to therapy and work out the stuff with the women. And maybe you get the women therapist. Yeah. If she's not too much of a prude. But and then you talk about the woman, your mom. That's right. That's what, the, okay, can I just say, this movie should have been about Livia. Yes. Yeah. She was the most entertaining. She was. She was the greatest character in this movie. No one else gave me anything except for what's her name, Vera Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. Yeah. She was. Killing she was it. perfect. His guma says he looks like Rabbit Goulet. Like yeah. I was like mm-hmm. incredible line reads. The, she was killing. She it. was the like I I'm convinced that this movie originally was set out to be about Dicky Moltisanti, a little bit about Tony, and then. Once they got Vera Farmiga in to play Livia, they were just like, it just, we need more. Yeah. We need more Tony. We need more Livia. Yeah. Uh, let me just play my favorite scene. This is actually the best scene. I would watch a whole fucking show of just this. There's my big boy. Oh, cool, man. The hamburger. The shows are killing my bunions. You should go see Dr. Cuomo. We don't go to him anymore. You don't? He said some very rude things to me. Like what? He wants me to take pills for my sleeping and and other things. I'm not some lunatic. No, but maybe some medicine will be good. You and your father, once you get in line to blame me. I wasn't blaming you, I was just saying. This new thing called Elevil. The people who are sick in the head. People running for the shelter of a mother's little helper. What? It's a song. It's by the Stones. Exactly what I'm talking about. They're drug addicts. I don't take drugs. The song's not saying that you take drugs. It's... You smoking marijuana, I suppose? Mom, I'm on the team. Your sister is. I'm almost sure of it. This hamburger's great, Mom. Go on. I went to all that trouble just so we could have a nice conversation for once. And for what? How am I supposed to enjoy a Broadway show with my children and their pots? Ma, I don't smoke pot. Well, your sister comes in here smelling like a gypsy. Well, I'm not my sister. I'm always being accused. Oh, poor you. I mean, if that was the whole movie, I'd be okay with it. it. Do you have the uh, hair shooting scene? Oh, I, yeah, I have the hair shooting scene. I mean, scene. that's my favorite. If you're going to play your favorite scene, I want to see my, my favorite. You want to play right now? Yeah, I mean, it's on the same theme. Okay, let's do it. So there's one scene that happens in this movie in which uh, they actually talk about it on The Sopranos. It's uh, when uh, Johnny Boy Sopranos, that, uh, that is uh, Tony's father, shoots... Uh, his wife oh, in the... I mean, it's based on a made-up problem, which is that she's somehow concerned that he's going to be too much of a football star. No, no, no. Concerned about CTE before CTE was a problem. Sure. You got to give her credit for knowing that football kills people. You lead by example, don't make the right decision. This kid's got what it takes. That's what I'm saying. We all do things like that when we're kids, right? Beat up the Mr. Softy man. My Christopher grew up to be like Tony. I'd be goddamn proud of him. I told him the other day, I said, you play football for a career. It doesn't last long. You wind up an old cripple man by the time you're 32. Bobby Piacosta, he's a junior on Anthony's team. He fractured his shoulder last week. The mother was hysterical. They had to take him to a specialist at St. Barnabas. You think the school's gonna pay for that? That's some Christmas present, huh? Having your kid laid up, he can't help outside hang the decorations. He can't help shovel the walk. 
a look. I mean, that is... He shot her in the hair. That's good stuff. That's creative. It, it is very good. Yeah. There, there are moments in this movie where, like, you could tell they shot it in a way, uh, you know, uh, the, the, not chronologically. They just shot scene by scene. You're like, we got this scene, that sounds like a good scene. And if we just mash them all up together, eventually we'll yeah, get a we plot out of it. We get a movie. It. Yeah. And I think you can make TV like that, but... Not movies. Not movies. No. Yeah. It's I don't know, dude. I think it's I like a hangout movie and I think if you went into this expecting like a good movie with a with like a plot that made sense, sure you'd probably disappoint it. But I it's it's a good hang with a lot yeah. of fun scenes. I don't know, man. I'm a little piggy. I love it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Can't disagree. I, I, I will say I that, think the yeah. format of the movie sets you up to like think that it's like all supposed to come together at the end. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's unsatisfying for sure at the end. But like, but again. at the end, it was like the real mafia is the friends we made along the way, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> which I mean, I think that is actually the mafia. That's it's literally just the friends you make along the way and occasionally murder because that's part of it. And violence against women. Yeah, that's a big yeah. part. But and, also against your own men. If you think about it. Shut up. No, there's a lot of men murder. <laughs> All they do is have... like put whip. They're literally like, they're like, you were my stepmom, but now you fuck me, but you're annoying, you die. That happens sometimes, okay. but he also, he, listen, I get it. He killed his dad to be with her. So now he, she gotta die too. Let's, I want, oh, there, there's, there's a. This a, movie's about generational trauma. Yeah. <laughs> but like not breaking the cycle. Right, no, but like actively not breaking no. it. Because it, Be like, it's... how dare you beat up mom? I will kill her too, eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, now, again, um, Dickie does kill his dad first, played by Ray Liotta. And uh, I do have uh, a scene of that. So uh, well, let me play that. You wanted to get into her fucking pants since the day I brought her over. I give you permission to picture her while you're jerking off. I promise you, you hurt her again. You're going on the stairs. Who the fuck do you think you're you got away with it once with mom? But I was a little kid, you're not getting away with it again. Oh, I marry sluts. What do I know? So far, being a non-smoker. Being a non-smoker. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, well, it's just about how you sort of grow up thinking that your father's a superhero, yeah, and he's larger than life, and then you grow up and you realize that his head, his skull isn't even as strong as a steering wheel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got a weak little baby egg head. Yeah, just a soft, soft little skull. I, I do think that is like a rite of passage, I think, for all people, is realizing how uh, easy your dad yeah. is to kill. I will say, there was a moment I was like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, like, we've all had that moment where you're like, 
you motherfucker, I'll <laughs> fuck you up. And then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, you yeah, you're like, I'm not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, but you, we, look, that but moment I, I was like, not mad. Yeah. You, Good, take him out of here. You're there's the bad some, guy. Some dads that I think are worthy of that, and then some dads, you, you, like, I would never kill my own dad, but I could. <laughs> like, knowing how easy it would be yeah. to kill my dad, it just, you know, it makes you yeah. think. But see, this is my point about <laughs> this is my point about David Chase being like the McNulty of TV because mm-hmm. it feels like he spent his whole career being like, "Oh, they want me to make TV, but I'm gonna do art." Yeah. Uh, and now that like they expect him to do art, he's <laughs> like, "I'm gonna do TV." Because guess what? <laughs> this guy, he's got a twin that you haven't met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is surprising that no one died from falling down an elevator shaft or something in this as well. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, he goes for the TV tropes in this yeah. because fuck you. There was no one had amnesia. Like amnesia <laughs> was never a plot line, but just barely. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more. I think like daytime soap opera than killing your dad so you could fuck your stepmom. <laughs> I mean, that is that is pretty much what soap operas are, as far as I know. And porn. Yeah. Yeah. So then Dickie's stepmom, mm-hmm. they they have a relationship. They do. And then she has sex She's with his Harold. Yeah. Yeah, his Gumara told him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, she has a relationship with Harold. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't think that if you are fucking your stepson, who's an Italian mafia guy and also his black rival, yeah, you probably shouldn't tell him. No, I would. That's yeah, rule number one. I literally was like, "Don't tell him. He does not need to know this." But he had a hard time with her telling him that. Well, he he asked a lot. That's true. In the scene, and I actually I have that scene queued up and and ready to go. Just so. Is that what you're trying to say? What else? Yes. It didn't mean anything, Dicky. I love you. How many times? I don't know. You don't know? So many times you can't remember? Who was he? It doesn't matter. Who was he? I can't. Tell me. Fucking tell me. Promise you won't hurt me. I don't promise anything, but you don't tell me it was going to be worse. No, just don't. (laughs) Harold. Because he's bathing in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I the bet bit. They had a blooper, I bet they had a blooper reel on this show. And uh, there was a lot from that day. But. Well, they do look like... Uh, uh, it's a very awkward moment when he, he he's pushing her in the ocean. Because you could tell, like... Um, like she, it, t- it tickles a little. Like it's hard. It's like playing, uh-huh. but it's like no, you can't play. You gotta act scared. <laughs> and it looks, it looks like they're dancing a little, which is very cute. Um, well, it's hard because it, like you try to drown them, and then the, the wave goes out, and you're like, ah, yeah, oh, the, no, you gotta no. go trudge way out further in the water, but then your feet are like stuck in the sand. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you don't want to drown, so you're like, well, let's go back in a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Um, it's complicated. In fact, can you actually just 
push yourself down in the... That's how you know he's a pro. How did he not get in trouble for that? I don't know. That's what I want to know. That was one of those, like, open murders. Like, the mafia doesn't do that. A guy literally shot another guy in an army zone. These people don't get in trouble. Yeah, but they drove away. It's Newark. I know, but they drove away after that shooting. He's on the beach covered in sand. She's floating in the water. She's wearing bright colors. She's standing out. She died of pneumonia. That's what he tells Ray Liotta later. So when they found her in the water with lungs full of water. Clear case of pneumonia. pneumonia. Cut and dry. She died of SADS. (laughs) Yeah, she had that sudden adult drowning syndrome. I feel like that scene was bankrolled by the New Jersey Tourism Department. It's like, oh, yeah, we got so many secluded beaches. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. No one will know what happens at this beach. Come, visit Jersey. Spend $4 million on a house, idiot. Um, we need to take a real quick ad break, so I'm just going to do that. Hey, everyone. Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, (laughs) because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, You helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, Someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. 
In the movies, a lot of times I, I tend to play the tough guy. But I wasn't tough enough to quit on my own. Not until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. It reduced my urge to smoke. With or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking. Aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your healthcare provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. For me, Chantix worked. It did. Boom. End of story. It did. My favorite role so far, being a non-smoker. I don't think about cigarettes anymore. No question about it. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. This episode is sponsored by Chantix. <laughs> you want to quit smoking? Die. Okay. Uh, we well, he had that. We missed that scene where the reason that he beats up his wife is that she left her douchebag. She on left the shower? Her, her douchebag. Her shower douche in That's the shower. A, I don't. I, I didn't know that, that was, was a thing. I, yeah. You put it away. <laughs> it's like seven <laughs> levels of I'm confused. Yeah. Um, Anna. What is, what is that? Yeah, are you going to talk about it? Well, we don't know. It's a shower. I'm not going to describe what a shower douche is to you, but uh, a lot of people don't use them anymore because they're not good for you health-wise. Well, what is a douche? It's something you clean your vagina. Like, if you put it inside yourself, you can, like, clean yourself. Oh. But people don't use it because it's, it's not good for your health. Is it like a neti pot, yeah, but go. for your... It's a neti pot for your... The pretty pot? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Many pot for your yeah. pussy. <laughs> what do you What do you use? Like uh, saline? You're not supposed to use anything. Well, no, but back when like, people didn't know in the '60s. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know what they. Use. I don't know what she's using. I thought you guys talked about this. Apparently, you, really, you're not. Back then, I guess if you left it out, it was considered, you know, disrespectful to your mafia husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Left it in the shower, and he made How eye contact with it. How dare you remind me that you have a vagina in my own <laughs> that house? That must be cleaned on a daily basis. Uh, I, I mean, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't know what it. I'd heard of a douchebag. Uh, yeah. Called people. Sure. I've called people that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what it. What's the bag part? Um, there is no bag. It's just it's called like a shower douche. Oh, uh, why well, say? Where does douche bag come from? <laughs> if you're in the audience and you don't know the answers to any of these questions, <laughs> keep them to yourselves and don't tell me because me not knowing is better. Is it the bag that holds the stuff that's supposed to go in, or does why all the do you stuff want me to talk out? about douches? Do you put all of them in a bag <laughs> when you're done with them, and well, that's the douche? You're supposed to. Or some scary Ray Liotta will throw you down a flight of stairs, apparently. Okay, well, it's good to know. I just want to learn stuff, you know? This is this is a podcast about learning and The Sopranos. I, I just feel know. like David Chase had had that joke in his notebook about the... The douchebag, Venus, Venus, Venus DeMilo. De yeah. Did Venus DeMilo have a douchebag? And then No, she was an amputee. That's right. She well, that was, that's actually hilarious. She I got, a, give she that got to a zinger in she there. Got a, you got a good zinger. And she got pushed out a flight of stairs for being hilarious. They could have made like the marvelous Mrs. Provolone uh, <laughs> about her, you know, her stand-up career after that. The <laughs> marvelous Mrs. Provolone. Yeah, that's what she was. She was Miss Provolone in 1967. That's what they said. 
when they introduced her. Oh, I thought that's just what they say. Yeah, that's just what Italians say about a hot woman. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, hey, it's hey, Mrs. Provolone. Hey, Provolone over here. Yeah, hey, look it. It's Mrs. Big Gabagool <laughs> hanging. Yeah, I, don't, I honestly couldn't tell if that was a joke or if she I actually thought he was had Like, entered a contest, Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Provolone. I, I don't know. I thought he was being like, look, she's so hot, she's Miss I didn't think he actually meant... Well, maybe she was. I don't know. Maybe there I don't is know a, what's happening in this movie. Yeah, there could be a contest in the 60s, Mrs. Provolone. Or if it was know. a joke, Mrs. like she Provolone. looks like she could be someone who would be a spokesman for the dairy industry. Oh, because of the mommy milk. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying this podcast so far. For those of you who have never heard this podcast, I am so sorry. <laughs> Um, one of my uh, another uh, favorite scene of mine from this movie is uh, Ray Liotta. At one point, they have like this um, on this the day of my daughter's christening scene, and uh, they have um, or it's her confirmation. I don't know what this I party think it's is. Her confirmation. confirmation. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know about. But they get christened. They go up there and then uh, and then someone hits them with a bottle. They break a bottle over them and it's like yeah. It's, it's really. I don't know about Catholicism. <laughs> That's not any less weird or more weird than eating know. the body of Christ. So the way it works is like everybody eats the body of Christ. Yeah. And then they pick one guy and they're like, oh, that guy ate the dick meat and he has to chug the rest of his wine. Oh. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. I like this uh, bro Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. I, you should come sometime. It's great. I will not. Uh, <laughs> you go to church? What's that? You go to church? No, no, I was making a joke no. about dick meat. Right. So, uh, in, uh, I think, in the scene where the confirmation is happening, uh, Ray Liotta at one point um, is just showing off a picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. of his hot wife to a priest <laughs> and just like showing it, going like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Silvio, puss. Come here. Oh. Huh? The second Mrs. Hollywood dick. I was just explaining to his holiness here. I think I went to school with your father. Hello, Gerard Dante. Butch. He said you were a bully. Whoa, what do we got here? The Italian actress, Sophia lots of pizza. Get out of here, you fucking mutt. Which uh, I thought to me, I was like, Another part where I'm like, whole movie, just this. Just this guy showing just off taunting, his... <laughs> taunting the priest. Yeah, and, and in that... It, Later it, he gets back at him by molesting his son. Jeez. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I, 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 very, I very much enjoy Ray Liotta's um, character. It's, it's very uh, Al Pacino and Heat, where they're like, yeah, they just let him kind of say whatever. Right, yeah. yeah, like he just yeah. made up his uh, his entire role. He was just like, ah, at one point, I'm going to show when a picture of When he's playing the hobby. dying guy, he really spits a lot of his lines. Oh, yeah. Like, ah, get this cap itself. Yeah, yeah. But the calf's, yeah, anyway. <laughs> and the donkey starts kicking and shitting over everybody <laughs> in the party. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to finally end this with uh, talking about some of Anna's favorite moments. Yeah, hold on, let me look at my notes. I don't remember anything. You know, I've been enjoying just looking at your notes because you write, you literally write like you're four years old. So like, <laughs> All of these notes make total sense. Just say, sense. like, Dem Dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What am I looking at? I'm trying to. I understand it. It's like court reporter notes. Okay, I got the Livia. His Guma said he looked like Robert Goulet. Okay. Oh, Silvio. Yes. Silvio. Incredible work by the young man playing Silvio, (laughs) who is doing so much. He's really (laughs) trying hard. Like, he. he, I, I was like, you know, like. I don't think he would. I don't know. Maybe the the facial, like the Sylvia, uh, like that facial uh, movement. Yeah. I was like, I don't think that's how that works. No, no, yeah. I think you Everybody's grow into doing... being a cranky old Italian man, but versus yeah. just being like, oh no, he was literally like that. He had a toupee since he was two years old. Like, <laughs> it is weird that they make him a bald like twenty year old. Yeah, yeah. They're like, can you believe it? Yeah, because they're like, no, it'll be, like no, it'll be funnier that way. Yeah, they, but it's a strange character because um, he... A man dies because he knocks his toupee off his head. Yeah, well, I think he died for a multitude of reasons in that scene. They were, I don't know. Yeah, but... I think it was toupee related. It, it, th- there's a weird thing in this movie where you have uh, some actors who decide to give uh, characters from The Sopranos their own spin. And then some who are just like, I'm just going to do what they did on the show, but more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. The guy who plays Silvio is like, um, you know that emoji that does the deep frown? You know, <laughs> you know, you know the one like, yeah. mm, like that? Mm-hmm. He decides to do that times 20. So he spends the whole movie just, hey, well, what, 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 And it's, uh, it's, it's distracting to watch because you're like, this guy is an actor, and he wants a job after this. Well, that's the thing. I was like, is this going to be like Austin Butler, who couldn't stop talking like Elvis? Or he's just like so deep in the Sylvia. Yeah. <laughs> His family's like, you need help. Yeah. I like that. Like, giving your all yeah. three years of your life just to be Silvio Dante. <laughs> yeah. You've got like four The consigliere of the New Jersey Mafia from I went that to- show. <laughs> I went to Juilliard so I could properly convey my impression of a guy who was famous for being uh, Bruce Springsteen's guitarist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, I think potentially anti-vax. No. Stevie, little Stevie yeah. B? Little Stevie B. No, yeah, the, little that? Stevie. Little Stevie, yeah. sorry. Little Stevie V. See, little Stevie V, excuse yeah. me. No, yeah. I can't. I, I he refuse. had some thoughts on science. I refuse to believe that. Uh, I do know that there is a large, uh, surprisingly large amount of Sopranos ex-actors who have some uh, thoughts about COVID vis-a-vis being real or not, uh, which is uh, unfortunate. I know that like the guy who played Johnny Sack is just like, uh, you know, I'm not putting no mRNA into my arm as he just eats mm. handfuls of gabagool. Um, I want to say there are some really great lines in this movie that I really like the idea of just like imagining David Chase being like, nailed it. At one point, Dickie Moltisanti goes, what do I know? I'm a murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah." And then remember when they bring Christopher as a baby to meet Tony. I have this scene. Well, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, so this is the first time that Tony uh, meets baby Christopher Moltisanti, who he would later go on to kill. And... um, Apparently, babies know that. <laughs> Hello, Christopher Moltisanti. It's your Uncle Johnny. I'm back from England. <laughs> Come here. Oh, Bumbolino. Christopher, hello. Oh, what's the matter? Don't cry. It's only me, your Uncle Tony. Oh. What's wrong, Gucci Go? Oh, oh. Okay, all right, all right. You know, every time you hear him, he cries like this. I didn't do anything. Okay. Look at that. I don't know what it is. It's like a scam or something. 
Some babies, when they come into the world, know all kinds of things from the other side. crazy thing to say. Insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Completely insane. To like, a teenager. Yeah. Like, to be like, you're fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you have a dark soul, you the, fucking weirdo. And also, as someone who just had a baby, babies just cry. Yeah, my son does that to me half the time. Yes. Yeah. And you're definitely probably not going to murder your baby later. I mean, I hope not. We never know. But, but I don't, don't know think what he so. did in the future. That's true. He yeah. probably murdered you with a steering wheel. <laughs> but it's like, that That scene to me is so insane because they so they so badly wanted to foreshadow this death from the TV show that they decided to make everyone stupid about babies well, where they're like, wow, I've never seen a baby cry before. <laughs> there must be something that's going to happen. They could have just point. left it like, oh, he always cries around you. Huh, something. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. I'm like an old lady who's like, no, I know <laughs> yeah. I know the secrets of the law. Well, why do we keep inviting this gypsy over? <laughs> She's always here. She's reading tarot cards talking about babies I'm going to kill. Yeah. Who is that lady? We don't no know one knows who that lady is. Like, who There's is no she? Name. No. She's someone's Nona, and she knows that... Unnamed crone. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, that to me uh, is one of my favorite scenes in this because everyone decides collectively not to know how babies work. Yeah, and that's... Uh, and I, the foreshadowing of it all, because <laughs> Christopher just being like, oh, no! Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and to be, hey, guess what? Tony killed him because Christopher's a piece of shit. I, yeah, it wasn't I mean, Tony. Let's be real. Like Christopher was most of the way dead. Yeah. They they, they act like if you have. I hope you. We've all seen The Sopranos in here. It'd be very funny to go to this <laughs> podcast and have never seen The Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, but like. Christopher was mostly dead in that scene. He was the the card flipped yeah. over. He was bleeding out his mouth. Yeah. He clearly had all sorts of like blood going in his lungs. All Tony did was just pinch his nose and watch him choke to death on his plate. He killed him too, but I'm just saying. Well, but the fact that he survived as long as he did, bit like of a Christopher was yeah. every season. You're like, oh, please, yeah. Christopher. Yeah. So he sat on a dog. <laughs> Sits on a dog. I know he was on heroin, but like, still, like, you don't. I, Matt I, I never know. sat on any dog. Did you ever? Yeah, sit I on know. A dog? I was Did on you? heroin for a long time. You, right? you never sat on a dog. Never okay. sat on Incredible. one single dog. Give it up for Matt for never sitting on Thank a dog. Thank you so much. Wow, what a guy. Not once sat on a cat, but the cats move. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cats also will go to places where you're about to sit because of the warmth. Because <laughs> yeah. of the warmth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Matt, before we leave, I mean, I thought you were going to do a live Bada B story. So. Oh my God. I, should I? Yes. yes. All right. All right. All right. Well, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. This is the final pod yourself a gun Bada B story. So, uh, I thought I would I want to see you pull up a notes app that just says, what a bitch, this is a <laughs> flat, flat, flat. <laughs> That's kind of what it says. All right, and uh, so I decided to go with, uh, I think, uh, a classic Sopranos era song. It's Freak on a Spike Horn. Some things 
wrong with this movie? (laughs) Something off in every scene. What's up, bitch? My name is Natalie. (laughs) I did write that. Doing a live part of B story. David Chase always gotta be messing with me. You know the song? I'm an orky fatty piggy. Two thirds of this movie is catchphrases. The rest of it is greasy. What day goes being racist? Hell story lying is about race. Diggy is basically head of Some call me head of Tony's face. That's the synopsis of men you say. Something really far to take. A part of our movie, a hard to take. Must be that intentionally. David Chase hates the pain. Feeling like some titties and me, it's four minutes long. Feeling like it's made for TV. Uh-oh. Favorite part is when young Tony says, Oh, cool man, a hamburger. Sometimes I fuck this man's movie's face. He sucks my dick and eats my haste. Don't tell his wife and his son. He loves my mom until I come. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ah, give it up for Matt Lee, everybody. Amazing. All in all, that was incredible. 
I think I give this movie a solid B plus. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I That's crazy. With that. What do you B+. think? Solid B plus? I'm gonna give it a C. Oh, all right. And what about you? A minus. A minus averages out to a B plus episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> And an A-plus live pod yourself a gun. Ladies and gentlemen, give yourselves a round of applause for coming out to see us live. Thank you so much. Uh, give it up for, for Vince Mancini, Brent Flyberg, Anna Hosnier. And give it up for yourselves for coming out. Patreon.com slash broadcast. Vince, what's the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Thank you. wrong with this movie something's off in everything what a bitch my name is Matt Lee doing my life but I be Dory David Chase always gotta be messing with me I'm an oinking fatty piggy two-thirds this movie's catchphrase The rest of it is greasy What day goes being racist Carol's storyline is about race Vicky is basically Oedipus Young Tony has old Tony's face That's the synopsis of many saints Titties and meat Feeling like it's made for TV My favorite part is when young Tony Says, oh cool man, a hamburger Sometimes I fuck Vince Mancini's face He sucks my dick and eats my ace don't tell his wife or his infant son He lumps my bum until I come Cool cap, the 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 cool c
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 